0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of Brooktown Breakdown. I'm here with my co-host,
1: Hunter. Rear. Hunter, how are you doing, man? I am on the road right now, but I'm ready to talk thunder. I'm on my way to Owasso, but I'm always up and ready to get on the pod whenever needed. Yeah, and this is kind of an emergency pod, um, as you can tell, because, you know, the
0: last couple of days we've been hearing, you know, a good amount of Thunder, thunder news, um, with, with today being, like, the busiest day in a while, really, <laughs> in, all, in all honesty. Uh, but, you know, so the main reason we decided to pause is because the fact that the funder ended up making its first um, offseason trade where they traded with the Denver Nuggets and sent out the 30th overall pick and two future second rounders um, to the Denver Nuggets for Jermichael Green and a 2027 protected first rounder. Uh, as they're recording right now, we don't know what the protections are. Um, it's probably going to be lottery protected in all honesty. Uh, but, you know, so that happened um, right before the draft. I mean, we kind of alluded to last time we recorded with Ben that in all likelihood, the Funder probably aren't going to keep both 30 and thirty-four, And they're to the choose between one of the two that they would probably trade. probably 30 because like we mentioned before, being at the having the 30th pick kind of sucks because you're paying a first round salary to a guy who probably would have been there in the second round. So it makes sense that the funder decided to, you know, try out that spot because it would have been hard to see the funder bring in four rookies. I know they brought in four rookies last season or last class, but do that again for second consecutive years, second consecutive year. That's like eight rookies right there that you added to, to a 17 man roster. So, uh, but yeah, Hunter, uh, Just give me your thoughts on the trade because um, I wasn't really paying attention because I was at uh, the Russell Westbrook thing, but we'll talk about that later here in a bit. But, yeah, just give me your thoughts on the
1: trade. Yeah. uh, Whenever I first saw it, I was out eating, and I was like, well, that's kind of Kind of while we got some random Presti news out in the middle of nowhere. But, you know, that's just that's what Presti does. He just those moves come out of nowhere and it catches you off guard. And how convenient for it to happen while you were while you were out doing the rest thing. Everybody, all the like Joe Massad and all of them, like you showed me, they were all out there at the rest commemoration court thing. So, yeah, it just seemed pretty on brand for center to do that. But I do like this move a lot. Like you said, we did not expect Presty to have to, you know, Draft four uh, players this year. We didn't see that coming at all. So, uh, yeah, it made sense for them to move off the 30th pick. And the, the good thing about that is that they moved that 30th pick for also another first rounder, which is uh, we don't know the protections on it yet, but maybe we can probably assume that's probably top 20 protected, you know, after a couple of years. And if it doesn't convey, we'll probably it probably turns into just two seconds or something like that, just a standard kind of pick stuff. So, uh, it's a pretty, I mean, like we like said, the 30th overall pick, that's the worst first rounder you can get. So, uh, this is either going to be like the same or even better. So it's just a, it's a pick later down the road that they could use to aggregate another trade or they could draft them themselves. Just depends on what they want to do later on. But it, it just shows that they don't want to take on a lot of thought of people right now and have to, you know, cut around and make room for brand new four brand new rookies. And they're trying to save on that for later. And uh, they take on the salary dump with Jermichael Green as well. So uh, and, you know, uh, there was some indication. I forgot. What was that uh, pot again? Uh, so on the box or whatever it was. I think it was yes. on, on the box or on the block. Yeah, they, they, there were rumors going around saying that uh, Oklahoma City was looking to move off the 30 and 34 pick and uh, potentially flipping that for a future pick or uh, a veteran big man to help flank with their uh, second-round pick, whoever that might be, potentially Chet Holgram. And maybe that's an indication of the Thunder are not li- looking to go forward with a Jaden Ivey type pick that we've seen that was considered smoke. And maybe they are going to go to like a Jabari or if he's available there, at Chet Holgram, Paul Bancaro. So maybe an indication there, don't know for sure. But, yeah, I mean, endless possibilities to Michael Green, I think. You can aggregate him in another, another trade and potentially have a another asset to, asset to uh, t- potentially move up in the lottery. Uh, from the number 12 pick, or just keep them in general, like I said, use them to be that veteran big man to work along with your second overall pick. So I really like this trade. Uh, You send back two seconds in like 2023 and 2024 as well. So, uh, you know, decent amount going to the Nuggets and decent amount coming back. I think it's overall good trade for both teams. Yeah, come on, honey. You don't think your Green can uh, be a locker room leader? Hey, you can't have enough culture, Clemente. That's what everybody tells me. Yeah, this is the start of a of culture trade. Nah, no, just kidding. But it's funny how
0: you <laughs> mentioned that, you know, the timing of this is pretty convenient because like you said, a lot of well not a lot, but like a, a good portion of the media was at the Russell West uh ribbon cutting ceremony for a new ba- for a new uh basketball slash soccer court at a high school here. Um, but you know I, I kinda of overheard some uh employees who were there uh saying that even they were caught surprised by this. So Obviously, you know, I guess I guess that probably explains why Sam wasn't there because he's probably working the phones talking to the nuggets. So I guess, you know, maybe it wasn't as deliberate as we thought because I get because you know, like I said, there's some employees at the Rust ceremony who were even surprised by this.
1: Yeah, and that just shows you, you know, like pressing his inner circle, I guess they just work in the shadows. Like you said, I mean if all of them are caught surprises like that, then you know. It just shows that, you know, Preston's got other moves going on, and, you know, it just catches everybody by surprise. Yeah, so you think Jermichael Green's gone? I know I, I, know
0: I see some say that uh, he's probably going to be on the roster, but, I mean, what do you think?
1: Uh, you know, the only way I could see Jermichael Green being gone is if uh, we aggregate him another trade to move up potentially. Uh, but to be, to be honest, I really do think that they might keep him, like I said. Uh, that seemed like a pretty reliable source. Uh, you, Al Baby Cakes was talking about it. I think he was like the first one to quote to him and say, this is a pretty interesting tidbit. I, mean, I think he has a lot of trust in him. So uh, I think, you know, I think we could probably expect him. I think he already opted into his contract. Like I said, 8.2 million, I'm pretty sure. So I do think we can expect him to stay in Oklahoma City for probably at least the year that he's here. Or if not, if he is traded, it'll probably will be if another team wants to add him on uh, in a trade to move up. Hopefully a uh, Pelicans or, you know, Portland thing. I, I doubt that happens, but that's probably the best bet of seeing him being traded on elsewhere, I think.
0: Yeah, I don't know. 8.2 million seems, seems too rich for DeMichael Green, so he probably won't get traded as is. I mean, uh, he'll probably he'll probably have to be involved in a in bigger trade where he, he's there to make the money work. But in terms of, like, you know, teams trading for DeMichael Green and him being the headliner of the deal, I just have a hard time seeing that now with his 8.2 million – salary attached to him.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. It's like the same argument you can make for, like, the Minkage stuff. It's just kind of like a sweetener ad de- added part of the deal, I guess. Like you said, Jermichael could make the money work as well, but I think a lot of people would be excited to take on, you know, a veteran power forward who could stretch the floor as well. So, like you said, not going to be a headliner, but could make the deal work in other ways.
0: You think OKC could potentially buy him out? Uh, I
1: mean, I think too they much? Have the ability – I, I think they have the ability to do. I think they would if they wanted to, but I highly doubt they do. I, just, I think, like you said, uh, it's a bit, bit of money, like $8.2 million, just a year left on his contract. They're either going to, like, take him onto the roster, let him play as Oklahoma City for a year, or trade him. I, I don't see a wave coming anytime soon. Yeah, maybe he gives some money back in a potential
0: uh, buyout, if he can do that. Uh, but, you know, this is another contract to add. I mean, uh, with – Jamal Green and Derek Favors, that's like, what, 18, almost 20 million combined and two guys who uh, really don't have a future with the team would be better off off of it. So, I don't know, we'll just see. Maybe this is like another true or reason situation where he doesn't play for the team at all and the team kind of just tells him to stay home uh, until they work a deal out. But, yeah, I feel like Green would probably be easier to move during a deadline because the team wouldn't have to pay the full $8 million salary, I believe and they would only have to pay for the amount of games C B there, which would be not a lot because the deadline's in February and the season's in April, so that's like only a two-month rental, basically.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think what they took uh, Jemai on in the cap space they have right now, like the, what, 30-something million they have, 32 million-something they have, and uh, I think that cap space goes away like July 1st, so I think they're just they're taking on as many as they can, you know, maybe make some potential moves later on in the offseason as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, correct me if here, but does the green move mean that the Thunder have to wave someone for a roster spot?
1: Uh, well, uh, I saw from, I think John Ham said this. It was either John Hamm or Bobby Marks, maybe. Uh, the Thunder can take on at least 20 guys in the offseason, but they can't have over so many, like uh, at either the start of the season or around October. So they don't have to wave anybody immediately. But they will have to get rid of someone eventually to make the, you know, roster space work.
0: Yeah, and, you know, like we said last time with Ben, there's not really a roster crunch. There's plenty of guys you can move on that, you know, wouldn't yeah. wouldn't let the fan base lose a ton of sleepover. Uh, cough, cough, Teo, Maladon, cough, cough. <laughs> but I think Ryland, who was there, Ryland brought up that a couple of guys have non-guaranteed deals, like Teo and Mick uh, Krejci, and there's also Isaiah Roby, who has an option. Same with Muscala, who has another option. So, you know, there's guys there that they could easily move on from to make roster space if the team needs to bring on Jermichael Green.
1: Yeah, totally. And I uh, even saw – I was talking about Teo Maldon with Thunder Chats on Twitter just today. Uh, Teo's contract, uh, they have to guarantee it by – I think, uh, I can't remember the exact date, but I think it's like probably June 30th or July 1st, something like that. So, uh, his contract's non-guaranteed for next year. So if they do need to move, that's probably another, you know, prime target there. Like I said, no matter how much I would cry and, you know, whine about it, Tao Maladon, his contract's not guaranteed until they guarantee it by that certain date. So he'd be an easy one to get rid of as well. If you need to make roster space.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, um,
1: but, yeah, besides that, I mean,
0: this is basically a typical Thunder offseason move for the last couple of years where they take on a bad contract for a future pick.
1: Oh, yeah. Like like you said, this is just typical Presti. What you see recently uh, could be a potential uh, rebuild the status of a, a veteran guy who needs a little rehab, maybe with the Thunder, or like you said, uh, drop and wave them or just aggregate them later on in another trade. Just just those new typical press that we see, I mean, just what we're going to be seeing from now on until the end of the rebuild. Yeah, You think we see another trade
0: between now and the draft? Or is this it
1: Uh I think it's a possibility. Uh, but I'm not sure. We'll see another trade till probably around the draft time, like, Maybe maybe there will be a trade we'll be able to see here soon. But I, I don't think we'll see another one until about draft day probably.
0: Yeah, I was thinking the same. I mean, um definitely only have free picks now and they can bring on free guys. Um but you know, if someone like Shaden Sharp is there and he's falling, then you could definitely see like OKC uh overpaid to get to, to get him in the top I guess ten or top eleven. And you know, speaking of Shaden Sharp, we kinda we kinda heard um reports from Jonathan Savoni that uh Sharks Camp would be interested in being drafted by LKC and actually has the funder at the top of their list in terms of like preferred destinations because they're because you know they have competent leadership they're really good at player development and we think you know the funder would help Sharp reach this fullest potential as a multi-time all-star uh and you know I know there's like a lot of you know rumors and reports this time of the year, but you know Gavoni's at the top of the top when it comes to his stuff. And if he's reporting something, then he can basically take it to the bank as a gospel. So, you know, concerning that, Gavoni said all of that. Uh, what do you what do you just think of the situation?
1: Yeah, uh, the like you said, it's from Jonathan Gavoni. So that really, I mean, he's probably the most reliable guy outside of Woj, uh, especially with draft news. He's probably the most reliable guy. Uh, this was under the uh, an article about the Thunder's dream draft. So he said that the floor for Shaden is twelve. So that's pretty, you know, that's a pretty reliable source there saying that you know he has a chance of potentially falling that low. But like you said, I mean, there's still a chance of uh, Shaden not even making it past like uh, Detroit, maybe, or even Indiana, or other teams like New Orleans, Portland, something like that. So. Uh, it, it would be really ideal, like I said. I mean, Shaden, I mean, for someone to like Oklahoma City and coming into it, you can't underestimate that. Like we said many times before, Oklahoma City is a small market team. Not a lot of people are really, like, you know, wanting to come over here and play here, but it, it's good to know that a guy like Shaden, who, does, who is a pretty raw talent, needs a lot of work on his game because he hasn't played basketball in, like, a year or so. I mean, Oklahoma. for him to say Oklahoma City is probably one of the perfect landing places for him, that's, that's a huge, huge win for Oklahoma City in the market, so it just really shows that the Thunder have really made their image into the type of place where you can build a player's status, build a player's, uh, build a player's game going on in the future as well. So it's nice to see that uh, Shaden is a part. Wanna be a part of Sorry, I'm on a very bumpy road right now. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> have that interrupt me right at this moment. But, yeah, hey, having Sharp over here, that would be a dream draft for Presty. I got to say. I mean, it would just be a dream draft in general. And it makes you wonder if uh, Sam is willing to uh, make a step into trading up to the top 10 so that he can for sure get his guy. Uh, I think when I was listening to the down to dunk emergency pod with Mikey Bear and uh, Andrew Schlecht and Schlecht said something about shading, uh not having the best workouts at all. And Hey, maybe he's, I mean, there's maybe a potential that he might be trying to tank his stock so that he could fall in the right place with thunder.
0: Yeah. So if the Thunder gonna you know get sharp. It's gonna have to be in a trade up. I mean, I know Gavoni said that it's not out of the realm of possibility that Sharp falls at twelve, but if the funder really like him, I really don't want it. I don't think that they would be willing to play with that fire, especially considering just how many picks they have. But you know, let's say just as in hypothetical grade, I think we can all assume safely that it'll probably involve like a healthy amount of picks. But in terms of like players on the roster right now. Who would you who would you be willing to I guess give up and who would you who do you think it would take to to trade up?
1: Well I mean I think to trade up to get the shade you're gonna I mean probably the prime targets everybody talks about is like New Orleans and Portland. Uh, two teams that are trying to willing to win now would take on win now type players. Uh, I think obviously one of the big ones is Dort. Uh, you he definitely has to be probably one of those guys you have to give up in the trade. Even Kenrich Williams as well. Uh, not sure if that's enough, but like you said, maybe the picks can speak to themselves. Now we got Jermichael, Jermichael Green. I think he'd be a nice addition to any aggregated any aggregated trade. And uh, I mean, hey, those are those are some willing candidates. I'd give up as well. I, I think I think those are some primes, some prime candidates if you really need to throw someone in there.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think the other guy I mentioned was Trey Man, but I don't think he really fit in Portland because they already have Dane and Simons. Um, so. I don't think he'd be the best for me. He would be with the Pelicans. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The Thunder doesn't really have that many appealing young pieces that they'd be willing to give up. Uh, Obviously, they're going to ask for Shane Giddy, but I doubt, you know, Sam will be willing to give either of those those two up. Um, So, I guess the next tier guys are like, what, Trey Mann, GRE? uh, (laughs) Not really a lot, you know. I know we love Manny, man. we know – I know that, like, you know, Trey Man had a really strong finish to the season, but, like, I don't think he'd be the headline
1: young piece in a potential trade-up for Sharp. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. Like I said, I love Trey Man, but don't have too many, like, headline pieces. Like, even before the Jermichael Green trade, we never really had that many assets to work with anyway, which made it really hard to even trade up. Like, a lot of times, even now, even with Jermichael Green, I mean, he's still a pretty decent option to have to aggregate to a team that wants to win now. And I think he'd be a good piece. For win that team, uh, you still need a lot more to get up into the top 10. Even with number 12, it's still really hard to get in the top 10. So it's, it'll take a, a lot of picks to try and do that. I think a lot of future picks, a lot of future seconds, and uh, you know, maybe maybe a Dort and some other pieces around there could work, but like I said, it's gonna be really hard. Yeah, I
0: don't know, like, how valuable are first round picks for a team like the Blazers or the Pelicans who are trying to win in immediate future? Like, maybe they can turn those around, flip those right. for for established players, but, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, they probably could use it, too, uh, potentially for established players, like from other trying to tank teams out there or trying to get rid of vets, maybe. But uh, that's probably the only reason they could probably use it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the other bit of news that happened today on Monday is the fact that uh, Russell Westbrook came back to Oklahoma City to cut the ribbon uh, to open up a new basketball-slash-soccer court. Um, at Capitol Hill High School, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, they did that Monday this, this, this afternoon. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was cool to see Russell Westbrook here in person. That's the first time I've seen Westbrook that up close and personal. It'll probably be the last time, too, since he probably he's not really the biggest media guy. So that yeah, was pretty cool to see. <laughs> uh, okay, Mayor David Holt was there as well. And so were the OKCPS superintendent and the principal of the school. Each of them spoke a bit about the court. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was hot as shit. That's probably one of my biggest takeaways. Like, oh, my God, I was sweating <laughs> through my shirt. Like, I was hoping it would have been indoors. Uh, my other big takeaway is that uh, you can – it feels like you just really walk into a high school building <laughs> without, any, <laughs> without facing any sort of trouble because – I was like with the first or one of the first media members to arrive there. had no idea where I was, so I kind of just walked inside the high school and like I walked around for like a good twenty minutes. Nobody really said anything or stopped me, but you know, to the defense it was it, it was dead in there, and like they were under construction, so nobody was really inside. but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's cool to see Russ again, I guess uh, but yeah, what do you think Hunter? Any thoughts?
1: It's a soccer field too. I had no idea.
0: Yeah, there's like goals behind the basketball courts. Um, but like, I don't really know how it can be. It's not, it's not really a soccer field because it's still on the basketball court. And I was talking to Ryan about this. Like, that feels a little unsafe having playing soccer on concrete because you're just asking <laughs> for like nothing knee me scrapes.
1: Hey, Clemente, it builds up. It puts hair on your chest, makes you a man, okay? <laughs> it that hurts yourself seriously. Nah. <laughs> yeah,
0: Rub some dirt on it
1: <laughs> Rub some dirt uh, But hey, I mean, yeah, it's cool to see Russell Westbrook come back I saw that he called West, uh, Oklahoma City It's still his home, basically uh, So he still has strong ties with the community He still thinks of Oklahoma City as a second home So it's just cool to see him still give back to the community Even though he hasn't been with Oklahoma City in quite some time uh, Which is still weird to think about uh, But yeah, it's it's just nice to see uh, Westbrook come back And still help his community out
0: Yeah, and Holt also also gave Russ a key to the city. I was surprised he didn't already have
1: one already. He's probably got like 15 keys to the city. He's probably got like a janitor's closet type set going on. (laughs) Oh, man. But, yeah, I mean,
0: Russ Russ was there. It was pretty cool seeing him in person. Uh, Decent amount of media folks were there as well. So, yeah, cool event. Cool little event. Just wish it was indoors.
1: You know, it was your initiation, Calente. they wanted to hotbox you out there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was sweating for my shirt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't uh, even see you know, my phone, man. What is it? Like,
0: I had my phone at like full brightness and I still could barely see what I was reading on there.
1: That's how you know it's way too hot outside, way too bright. Has, like <laughs> the prime indicator. Did you? And also your phone gets like way too hot too. It just. It makes oh, serious. yeah. It's
0: disgusting. Uh, and, it's, and this humidity as well.
1: Uh, Oh my god! It's like you're breathing in like an aquarium or a swamp. It's all—it's horrible. <laughs> but yeah, I mean,
0: arrested, so I'm even wrestling some stuff. Like, I want to make the choice because I don't want <laughs> to uh, to burn to death or whatever. But yeah, cool event. Um, like I said earlier, pretty funny timing. But yeah,
1: yeah. Hey, you know, Presty went all Palpatine style there. <laughs> Gathered all you together, so you can do some make a huge announcement elsewhere
0: execute trade 66
1: <laughs> you're lucky y'all survived that's all i got to say no, I'm just oh
0: man but yeah i mean anything else wanted to do that
1: uh well you know pretty cool that we got to trade our early so early so far uh can't wait i really do think draft day is gonna be like really busy so I'm, I'm pretty pretty interested to see where that goes and the sharp news just has me even more excited so can't wait till the 23rd yeah for sure
0: but, yeah, we'll, pod, we'll probably pod Thursday night, if not Friday at the ladies. So we got that going on. But, yeah, um, this is just a quick pod just to sum up the events because I feel like, I felt like you know, attaching this to the draft pod would have been too much. So kind of just want to separate the two. But, yeah, thanks again for listening, guys. Please, you know, like, share, subscribe to the pod. And we'll see you again in a few days.